Hello everyone, this is an Arab Talk radio special report. We've been talking to several journalists and colleagues across the Middle East and beyond to report on the impact of the coronavirus on their communities. This is my conversation with journalist Dawood Kutab reporting from Jordan. Dawood Kutab is a Palestinian journalist, media activist, and columnist at Al Monitor. He's also director general of Community Media Network, a not for profit organization dedicated to advancing independent media in the Arab region. Joining Arab Talk from Amman, Jordan, is a renowned international journalist, Dawood Kutab. First, thank you for coming on the show, Dawood, uh, during these difficult times, and hope you and your family are doing well. Thank you, Jamal. Now we're fine. Thank you so much. So, uh, Dahoud, uh, you know, you're in Amman, Jordan. You travel, of course, between uh, uh, Jordan and, and, and Palestine. And uh, first, let's talk about what's happening in Jordan. Uh, I've checked uh, this morning. It seems that uh, at least it was reported that there are 400 cases. I don't know if, they, if the numbers are accurate or not. But how are people coping and, and what's the government doing about it? Well, the government has taken a very uh, strict and very strong uh, position. The uh, military order or defense order was established uh, mid-March, and uh, we've had six uh, orders so far. Uh, the government has put a, a round-the-clock curfew almost since then, since the March 21st, actually. And uh, they're starting now to ease things, but it's been a very strict uh, army-controlled uh, situation. And that has kept the numbers down. We, as you said, we have less than 400 cases. Um, about half of them have already been healed. So we're actually down. The curve is going down. Uh, seven deaths have happened, mostly older people with pre-existing conditions. So generally, I think they've done well. Most of the public has adhered to the curfew orders. There have been a few cases here and there, but largely it has worked very well. So uh, what's the effect on the economy? I know that's the main concern in Jordan and uh, I think with the high unemployment and, uh, and, and Jordan depends a lot on small businesses. So with the shutdown, what people, how, how people have been reacting about this? Well, the economy has been devastated as it has been around the globe. It's not just Jordan. Uh, what the government has done is a few things. They... Um, they lowered the social security uh, tax uh, that is uh, taken from the employers and employees from 21 and a half to 14 and uh, to 4 so they they removed almost uh, 17 16% of the payroll tax they have uh, opened up the coffers of the social security to provide uh, cash installments to people who needed uh, small amounts of money they also included people who don't have regular jobs, taxi drivers, people who work in self-employed people because they're the hardest hit. And then the today the um, tourism minister announced a $10 million in, uh, input from the government to help uh, restaurants and uh, hotels and so on have really been devastated by this because tourism has totally come to a total stop. I mean, not even mm-hmm. 1% into and tourism because the airplanes have stopped and the people cannot even do inter- inside the country tourism. Everything is closed. So it's been a devastating hit. But the 
the alternative for the government of Jordan was that if they allowed the, the economy to continue, there would be many, many more cases and the medical establishment here is not able to withstand a large number of people going to hospital. They don't have ventilators, they don't have good uh, PPE equipment. So they, they chose the, the kind of easiest and cleanest way of protecting people by just forcing them literally to stay home. And I've been watching like some good things happening uh, from the government, seeing uh, the, the Jordanian army in certain cases bringing uh, bread and water to neighborhoods and, and people helping each other in different ways. Uh, a lot of heartwarming stories coming out from there. Absolutely, absolutely. It's been very, uh, uh, it's a perfect story. As you said, the army has actually taken on a, a social uh, role of, of helping people out. The army is not doing it uh, out of spite or out of restriction, but out of really protecting the people. So people have been very much uh, greeting and, and thanking the, the army for what it's doing. And yes, bread and water has been actually, there's been too much bread. Uh, people are actually giving away bread at, at local supermarkets. The government it did an interesting thing. They allowed local supermarkets and shops to open, but they kept the big ones closed and they kept the cars closed uh, off the road. So basically, you can walk to your nearest uh, kind of 7-Eleven type store, if you will, mm -hmm. and buy your milk and bread and eggs. And, uh, and you don't need much more. I mean, you need to, to live kind of a simple life, which in a way is good. And as you said, neighbors have been helping out. Churches and mosques have been helping out. Lots of initiatives of local uh, local committees are being established to help out people. Uh, we have in Jordan 10 million population. Three million of the population are uh, refugees or people or foreign laborers who don't have actually a, a regular job and they're not on social security. So there's a lot of people who need help. Almost all the taxi drivers are self-employed and they are totally without any income. So there's a number of uh, sectors of society that are really hurting by this. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, people have all to, to learn how to, to live with less and uh, learn when they go shopping that to stay distancing from each other. Uh, there's a lot of hand washing that is being taught mm -hmm. and learned. And, and um, you know, basic hygiene issues are, are learned. And the army and the government move very fast whenever there is a discovery of, of a, a family or building that has infection, they really close it off and mm -hmm. then they test everybody and they make sure everybody is, uh, is safe before they can go back. In the beginning, they opened up the four and five star hotels where people coming in in airplanes basically mm -hmm. were taken, forced the quarantine. My daughter was one of them, she came back mm -hmm. from Princeton and they took her right to the Dead Sea, and she stayed in a room overlooking the, the, the pool, but they, she couldn't get out of the room. <laughs> it, was, it was quite difficult. But anyway, it was, uh, it was welcome because the government really went out of their way, and a lot of businesses have been contributing uh, money, and there's been different funds that have established. Tens of millions of dollars in JDs have been um, put aside by big companies, banks, and so on. And individuals, you can you could donate as much as one dollar on on online now. Um, Seventy percent of students are studying online. Uh, many companies, my my company included, uh, have been doing. I have been working out of home for the last thirty days, and I haven't had to go out uh, much for anything except to buy bread and milk and things like that. So things are not good economically, but I think there have been some remedy to the big problems. 
I I forgot to wish you uh, when we started uh, Happy Easter, and 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 this is something. I mean, well, we're all kind of like uh, have our, uh, we all miss celebrating holidays, and I was worried about. Uh, you know, people across the globe, especially in the Middle East, Jerusalem, wherever, where people go to churches and especially in, in Jerusalem and in Jordan, celebrate Easter. So how, how was that done? Well, as you said, people in this part of the world uh, are more spiritual, more conservative. And uh, times of crisis actually is a time for people to that need that uh, spiritual help. But people are learning uh, the uh, many church services. We have Palm Sunday. Actually, we do uh, the uh, Easter by the Orthodox calendar. So yesterday was Palm Sunday. And so uh, people went to church using Zoom. We, uh, we had church service using Zoom. And yeah. it seemed to work. It was okay. It wasn't the best, but it was seemed to work. Um, the big problem, of course, is going to be uh, the the Passion Week in Jerusalem, as you said, because yeah. it's very physical. The, the you know the, the the Via della Rosa, the people, the walk of the cross, and uh, the washing of the feet, the the uh, the different celebrations, and then the uh, the Holy Fire that comes mm-hmm. out of the Holy Sepulchre. Yeah. You cannot do that virtually, and so um, apparently, I spoke to the spokesman of the Orthodox Church. They're having. Uh, some arrangements to get the the light out because every year the light goes out to the entire world from Jerusalem right. and the number of Orthodox countries or Orthodox majority countries like Russia and others are literally sending airplanes to pick up the light because people are actually wanting that light because of the their spiritual uh, connectivity to to the resurrection and story and so on and so they're they're still going to spread out the the light, but in, as you know, in Jerusalem, the the church was crowded. So, I know, I know, you can you, you cannot even walk in the old city on uh, on you know, awaiting the light coming out. And yeah. now there's going to be very few people there. But um, uh, that's a tradition that is is very important to people, and uh, spirituality is important, especially in these times. And and people are learning to adjust. Uh, it's amazing how much technology has uh, provided. Some alternative. Obviously, a lot of people are not up to date on on technology, and there's been a lot of younger kids helping their parents and grandparents deal with technology, and it's fine. I mean, people seem to be doing okay. Uh, not the best, but it's it's okay. It's working out. Talking about Jerusalem, uh, I, I, uh, what's your impression uh, on what's going on in Palestine? In Palestine, I, again, I've checked today. They say they are they have about. 300 cases, uh, but then uh, people have been complaining. There is a, they feel that maybe the, the numbers are too low because we've recently witnessed a spiking in the Jerusalem neighborhoods, like of Sur Bahir and Silwan. Any updates on this? Well, uh, there's two things here, Jamal. I mean, there's uh, the big problems are actually uh, Gaza and Jerusalem because uh, they are uh, communities that are not easily regulated, very densely populated areas. And, and so the fear that once the, the pandemic reaches these places, it'll be very hard to control it. Uh, so far, it seems that Gaza has had very few cases and they seem to have isolated them. But as you said, there is very few testing going on. And so unless people are, 
are actually having the symptoms, you don't know uh, what is happening. The uh, second problem is that a lot of the workers who work, there is about 70,000 Palestinians from the West Bank and East Jerusalem who work in Israel. And Israel has had a very high number of, of, of uh, people who have, the, uh, who have the corona. And so uh, during the, the Jewish Passover holiday, they all returned. And uh, there was an attempt to try to control that. And then it was uh, the Israelis were not very cooperative. So people were coming in uncontrolled and they were trying to isolate or at least test them or make sure they don't have the symptoms. So that is a problem. But I would say that Jerusalem is the biggest problem because... Um, it is a kind of forgotten area, East Jerusalem specifically, because Israelis paid very little attention to the situation in Jerusalem uh, on the Arab side of the city, and uh, the Palestinian government has not been allowed to work there. And the few efforts by the Palestinian officials who live in Jerusalem have been thwarted by the Israelis who arrested the uh, uh, the officials saying you're trying to use the pandemic to, you know, for political gains, and they actually literally intimidated him, beating him up and forcing him to wear a mask with blood on them. And it was quite, uh, quite nasty what they did to uh, Mr. Uh, Fadil Hidmi, the uh, mm-hmm. Palestinian minister for Jerusalem affairs, and also Adnan Raith was also arrested. So the Israelis have not been cooperating or allowing the Palestinian government to work. And as a result, in a, again, in an ironic way, the Israelis have helped to create local committees that we used to have in the Intifada days, you remember, uh, Jamal. Mm-hmm. Now there's, uh, there's, a, there's a local committee that are being established. There's the alliance of uh, the Tejammu uh, al-Maqdasi, a Jerusalem alliance of about 71 uh, NGOs that are working with the WHO and with the uh, Jerusalem hospitals to come up with a plan. And they've made a, quite a good plan. They've uh, designed, designated hotels to become a quarantine uh, hotels. One is for the doctors who work in the, who work, who come from the other West Bank cities. And instead of them going back every day, they decide to keep them in Jerusalem for their own protection so they don't have to go across checkpoints every day and so on. And they're uh, trying to raise money. The hospitals need about $7 million uh, to buy the ventilators and the personal protective uh, equipment. And so um, they have, uh, I think they've raised about $3 million already. So that's quite good. They still need some more. And I'll call your audience if they're interested to support the hospitals in Jerusalem. And uh, there is attempts to create a lot of awareness. The big issue is awareness. The more people mm-hmm. are aware, stay home clean, wash their hands, stay out of big groups. I think that's the best kind of protection against this pandemic. And there was a story uh, that Israel, of course, uh, I should mention Israel has 11,000 cases as of today, uh, that they've been... Uh, procuring uh, medical equipment, uh, uh, utilizing the Mossad, basically. Uh, there was a story about how they've been getting that. And, uh, and they got uh, some bad equipment also. <laughs> they got, <laughs> they got some bad equipment. Testing results that were bad. Uh, they, unfortunately, the Israelis have politicized this issue, and especially in um, their relationship with Gaza. They're trying to uh, blackmail the uh, Gaza population by saying, we will give you the ventilators if you release information about uh, the uh, some of the uh, Israeli soldiers that were held by uh, during the, the conflict and uh, apparently there's some kind of a discussion about prisoner exchange so you know it's 
it's quite interesting, but in a way sad that uh, this pandemic is used for political reasons, whether it's with the Palestinians or even in the Israeli government establishment itself. There's a lot of politicization of this issue. Thank you, Dahoud. Uh, and stay safe and, and healthy. And uh, hopefully we can talk uh, during better times. I, my, my best to you and your family, Jamal, and everybody who's listening and watching us. I hope things are, are better the next time we talk. Have a good day. You too. Thanks. Thanks.